Arbor Road is haunted. The man who walked there could not have known that, however, because it was a local legend. And he could not have known that Arbor Road was more frequently referred to as Abattoir Road, also as part of local legend. It wound crazily through bush and forest, many of its curves and dips sudden and sharp. The worst stretch, Slaughter Slide, ran for a good five miles at the beginning of Arbor in the town of Tellender, Minnesota, near the North Dakota border. Slaughter Slide had taken seven adults, two of them young mothers, and no fewer than nine teenagers since the road was paved in 1959. The man who walked that road rounded a soft curve that opened up into a wider spot, where it then straightened out for a few hundred feet. He walked slowly, comfortably, the kind of walk that had been learned, the sloping, gentle walk of someone who plans to do it for a long, long time. He didn't know that he was reaching Slaughter Slide. There were no crosses on the road today, no signs, and any flowers left as a memorial from the last accident had long since dried up and disappeared. He walked with his hands in the front pockets of his jeans, pushed down low, not for warmth, because it was summer, but for balance. He was dressed too warmly for the weather, but since he rarely altered his form of dress, he was comfortable with what he was wearing an oilskin jacket with leather collar and cuffs that were nearly black with age and the dirt of many roads, and under that, an old plaid shirt that he'd picked up two years before in a second-hand store. He had on a white T-shirt, fruit of the loom, the only item of clothing he ever bought new, loving the look and feel of the brand-new white cotton. This one was road-weary and gray. On his feet were thick wool socks and grimy desert boots, down at the heels. The boots were still great. As his mother used to say, you get what you pay for, Tom. On his back was a green canvas pack, some kid's old scout pack whose origins had long since been forgotten. A side pocket held a pouch of drum tobacco and some rolling papers, but he was dead out of matches, and his lighter was long gone, left in some bar. In the other pocket was a high school grammar guide that had his mother's name written in two different forms, maiden name, married name maiden name, married name, on the inside front cover, nearly obliterating the stamped place there by the high school. The book was stuffed full of receipts that he didn't need, papers, letters, empty drum pouches with notes and addresses vaguely written and no longer necessary, except for one. One piece of paper, the return address torn off a letter, signaled his current destination. A cotton-soft map, well used, and a page torn out of an old road atlas were stuck resolutely inside the back cover. Throughout the book, written in the spaces left by the typesetter, there were things, written mostly when he was drunk. Mean things. Mean things. Sad things. Things best not written, and rarely read over. The pack held two t-shirts, bought in the same package as the one he was wearing. There was another shirt, Lighter, a bowling shirt with a name embroidered over the left breast pocket. Don. Not his name. His name was Thompson Keatley. Tom since birth. There was another pair of socks and a newspaper from a couple of months back that he used to start fires when he was cold and tired and had to stop in the bush for a couple of hours of shut-eye. Also inside was an empty quart milk carton, waiting for a garbage can, and floating around in the bottom were five dollars and some change and a penlight, batteries dead. Didn't matter. He liked the dark. Tied to the bottom of the pack with two heavy black hockey laces were a gray and threadbare army blanket, 
rough and scratchy, but better than bare dirt. He traveled light. If his walk and style of dress bound him to every other drifter in America, the rest of him did not. On his cheeks there was only a slight stubble, a day's growth of beard. He preferred to be clean-shaven and went to great lengths to be so. He needed and sometimes even craved the clean, soft feel of rain sliding down his face or the ripple of breeze against his skin. He dry-shaved mostly, or hunkered down beside a lake, river, or even a puddle, using the water to see his reflection. He was good at it, and rarely cut himself. His jaw was emphatically square, enough to give his whole face an even, regular appearance. His skin was slightly darker than average, perpetually brown from days spent on the road. He was tall, but not remarkably so, just over six feet. He kept his hair long, and that seemed to somehow lengthen his overall appearance. The women he met, mostly in bars, found him attractive, but unless very drunk they would have been hard-pressed to talk to him for more than a few minutes. It was his eyes, they would have said. When company was unwelcome, as it usually was, he had only to narrow his eyes, and his companion's banter would slow down to an eventual, Well, see ya.